Hello and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast and video series of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Charles Kaufman, Senior Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. To those of you tuning in, thank you for joining us. In this episode, we'll be discussing some of the more recent developments among the passenger to freighter conversion programs in development for the 777 platform. But before we take that dive, there was some exciting news on the international travel front that came through last week because on September 20th, the United States announced that it would lift its ban, travel ban on 33 countries, including the European Union and the United Kingdom, starting in November. So obviously, while transatlantic passenger flights won't return to pre-pandemic levels overnight, that is a pretty welcome development that will allow the gradual return of international leisure and business travel, um, as well as some much needed belly cargo capacity. That's a great segue into what we'll be talking about today, because as a consequence of the international travel restrictions and, and lighter passenger demand for long haul flights, you know, large numbers of passenger wide bodies remain in storage and out of service. And some of these airframes are not expected to be returned even as uh, travel demand picks up, making uh, feedstock for freighter conversions more widely available and potentially at attractive prices. Right. And while time will tell if the values eventually do return to their historical trajectories, we are seeing some transactions. Earlier this month, a 14-year-old Jet Airways 777-300ER was scrapped for around $9 million. Now, that jet had been in storage in Amsterdam for, for more than two years, and obviously that figure is well below half-life values for the 777-300ER. But of course, when it comes to insolvency, things are a bit different. Plus, I can't say that that aircraft was in the best condition and in fact, I struggle to see a future other than scrap for, for most, if not all, of the 10 777-300ERs that Jet Airways had, even if not necessarily at that price. Yeah, that aircraft was maybe not the best feedstock candidate, but there are certainly others that have been stored in uh, conditions that are, are much more favorable to uh, conversion feedstock for a conversion uh, unfortunately, unlike the narrow body and medium wide body size categories, there really aren't any active wide body freighter conversion programs. Uh, there, there were no large wide bodies uh, re-delivered during the pandemic, um, at least none that, that I am aware of. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, this will begin to change over the next two to four years after some of the 777 um, passenger to freighter conversion programs that are in development today are are certified. Uh, but yeah, for now, there's really no uh, no solution for a, a parked uh, large wide body aircraft. Right, and as you said, that is changing because while the number of MRO facilities around the world that could accommodate wide body freighter conversions um, and that are actually willing to allocate space to do so is limited. It now looks like that the US could be home to a couple of large wide body conversion sites, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, last week, Mammoth Freighters was given the green light by a Texas bankruptcy court to bail out GDC Technics with a super priority debtor in possession credit facility and exit loans of 
up to $13 million. And this matters to Mammoth, which is developing a P2F program for both the 777-200LR and 300ER variants because GDC Technics's Fort Worth Alliance MRO stores or houses six, uh, six wide-body bays. And as you might expect, uh, the conversion house plans to utilize at least two of these to convert the conformity aircraft uh, for the, the 200 LR and the 300 ER. Um, beyond that, while the conformity aircraft are in conversion, Mammoth will also store the remainder of its 10 owned aircraft uh, at, at the facility. So uh, it's a good fit. Uh, Texas aside, those aren't the only 777 passenger aircraft on the move in the United States, are they? No, and when it comes to uh, possible free-to-conversion programs, I mean, um, elsewhere in the in the States, an ex-Emirates 777-300ER actually arrived in Wichita, Kansas earlier this month, and the, the uni- Wichita State University's National Institute for Aviation Research and the Kansas Modification Center um, are working on developing their own SDC, and they say they would eventually convert the aircraft into a freighter um, targeted specifically at the express and e-commerce market. Now we've tried actually reaching out to see if we can learn more about what this program and the aircraft actually entails, but um, so far the details are few and far between. But what we do know is that the NIAR does have a background in aviation research, modifications, um, engineering, and, and that sort of thing. And of course, Kansas itself, um, or even specifically Wichita itself, um, does have a, a rich aviation heritage. So we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely uh, worthwhile to mention. However, we would be uh, remiss not to point out that uh, for for now, at least, uh, the most advanced 777 program so far is uh, the the one in development by Israel Aerospace Industries. Uh, last month, IAI cut metal on its prototype 777-300ER, uh, which coincidentally was also an Emirates aircraft. Uh, and IAI is um, you know pretty far along in terms of its MRO partnerships, of course, it is converting the conformity aircraft at its own facility in Tel Aviv. It is also partnered with Etihad Engineering in Abu Dhabi um, for a a third conversion site, and and this does follow uh, an agreement with a facility in Seoul earlier this year. So. In a few years' time, it's definitely conceivable that the overall conversion map for for triple sevens will look quite diverse. Are, are there any other triple seven projects on on the radar, Jeff? Yes, um, Eastern Airlines, meanwhile, is uh, in the process of reconfiguring its first two triple seven two hundreds as a as an initial step towards what they tell us will be a full SDC for a, a class E cargo compartment on the main deck, complete with a smoke barrier. Now, Easton told us that they will develop their own containers and that a further iteration of the STC calls for a cargo door, but that door won't be as large as what we see on conventional freighters today. So that should be an interesting modification. We should know that this 
will be a step up from the more kind of basic uh, passenger freighter reconfigurations that airlines and lessors have done on 777s over the past year and a half, particularly on the 777-300ER, which, as, as we pre previously pointed out, has been the passenger freighter of choice, um, including those without seats and those with the, the passenger cabin still intact. Right, that that is definitely the case that the uh, the 300ER uh, is the, uh, uh, the passenger freighter of, of choice. And, and to summarize, we have a lot of momentum behind triple seven P to F conversions and you know to a lesser extent um, modifications geared towards cargo and you know MROs around the world seem to be stepping up to do the work. One big question that remains and maybe we haven't quite answered yet is is really which carriers are going to or, or could potentially commit to these conversions. Right. That's the hundred million dollar question, isn't it? Um, because for now, Glitter Air in the US is the only operator with firm public commitments to the IAI 777-300ERSF conversion. And while CargoJet in Canada hasn't publicly announced conversion orders with IAI, we know that they do expect to introduce the type to their fleet in a few years time. But as for any other potential customers or orders we uh so far don't we aren't aware of any yeah we've certainly heard of uh rumblings of potential orders and commitments that may be close to closing but uh nothing to report on as of today uh, but i'm i'm sure that in the the months to come as these programs advance that will change that's all the time we have for today. To those of you listening, thank you for tuning in to this episode of CargoFax Connect. For more multimedia content like this, check out CargoFax.com and search CargoFax Connect on iTunes and Spotify. We hope you will join us again next time. Bye.